Lawrence Ferlinghetti's Baseball Canto. Watching baseball, sitting in the sun, eating popcorn, reading Ezra Pound, and wishing Juan Marichal would hit a hole right through the Anglo-Saxon tradition in the first canto and demolish the barbarian invaders. When the San Francisco Giants take the field and everybody stands up to the national anthem with some Irish tenor's voice piped over the loudspeakers with all the players struck dead in their places and the white umpires like Irish cops in their black suits and little black caps pressed over their hearts standing straight and still like at some funeral of a Blarney bartender, and all facing east, as if expecting some great white hope, or the founding fathers to appear on the horizon, like 1066, or 1776, or all that. But Willie Mays appears instead, in the bottom of the first, and a roar goes up, as he clouts the first one into the sun, and takes off like a foot runner from Thebes. The ball is lost in the sun and maidens wail after him. But he keeps running through the Anglo-Saxon epic. And Tito Fuentes comes up looking like a bullfighter in his tight pants and small pointed shoes. And the right field bleachers go mad with Chicanos and Blacks and Brooklyn beer drinkers. Sweet Tito, sock it to him, Sweet Tito. And Sweet Tito puts his foot in the bucket and smacks one that don't come back at all and flees around the bases like he's escaping from the United Fruit Company as the gringo dollar beats out the pound. And Sweet Tito beats it out like he's beating out usury, not to mention fascism and anti-Semitism. And Juan Marichal comes up, and the Chicano bleachers go loco again, as Juan belts the first fastball out of sight, and rounds first and keeps going, and rounds second, and rounds third and keeps going. He hits pay dirt to the roars of the grungy populace. As some nut presses the backstage panic button for the tape recorded national anthem again to save the situation, but it don't stop nobody this time. In their revolution round the loaded white bases, 
in this last of the great Anglo-Saxon epics in the Territorio Libre of baseball.
For our final piece, we're going to do a poem that I wrote. It's called Detroit Jazz Drummers Dropping Names, Dropping Beats. Ken and I have performed this with Galen McKinney, and we did it at my 70th birthday party in April. But we're going to do it a different way because Steve Osborne is here, and Todd Perkins is here, and Ken Cazorro is here. Roberto is here, and I thank everybody for being here and recording this project. And we'll hope that it comes out for the best sometime in 2023. I hope everything is better in 2023. This is Detroit Jazz Drummers Dropping Names, Dropping Beats. And we'll do it kind of bluesy. By the way, I want to dedicate this to John Sinclair. There's something about the heartbeat of a city. It's directly related to music, politics, and art culture. The lifeblood. In Detroit, it has always been about swing, improvisation, and jazz. Through the decades. Through all the decades. And whether acoustic, electric, or both, it has a purpose of reminding us why our hearts beat so strongly. Two four 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 five four six eight three four eleven eight fifteen eight twenty one eight. It's all the same strong pulse. A rhythmic navigation of feet, hands, and heart. William McKinley of the McKinney Cotton Pickers knew this through his swing, followed by Cuba Austin, J.C. Hurd, the Grandmaster of Swing, Big Bands, Bop and Blues, a band leader, most recorded drummer in the history of music. Look it up. Art Mardigan, neglected Detroit drum master, knew too. Elvin Jones, The Monster, through John Coltrane and beyond. Jack Brokenshaw on drums and the vibraphone. Benny Benjamin, Rhythm and Blues with Motown. Louis Hayes, Via Horace Silver and beyond. Uriel Jones in Jazz and Funk. George Goldsmith, who played with Train, did you know that? Lived on Stopple Street, but had nothing to do with stopping him. George Davidson, the irrepressible one in Blues, Motown, and the Ron Brooks Trio, my main man. Love you, George. Danny Spencer in the CJQ alongside Bud Spangler. John Sinclair wondered why more bands didn't use two drummers, but Ornette did. Frank Isola, neglected partner of Stan Getz. These are all people from Detroit, folks. Bert Myrick. Dr. Professor Leonard King, R.J. Spangler, my man, Mjumbe Roy Brooks, always a hero on the breathitone with Mboom or the Artistic Truth, a mystical aphronaut, or maybe a mythical aphronaut. Thabo Michael Carvin, Pistol Allen, Funk Brother, and Jazz Mother. Ed Nelson, 
He was a drummer. He took the Hastings Street Band and the Michigan Council for the Arts on his back. Tom Starr, incredible. Kareem Riggins, incredible. Jesse Kramer, incredible. Sean Dobbins, incredible. Pete Sears, incredible. Famodou Don Moyer, did you know he was from Detroit? Bet you didn't. Johnny Cleaver, father. Gerald Cleaver, son of a gun. Jalo Jacate Kieta. The late Eli Fountain, he died within the last few months. Renel Gonsalves, the son of Paul Gonsalves. Tani Tabal, Francisco Mora Catlett, Miguel Gutierrez, Randy Gillespie, Julian Van Slyke, Skeeto, all part of the heart and soul of Detroit drummers, loved and respected by all throughout the world. And this week and weekend and every day, we give it all to them and not just some. Thank you once again, Steve Osborne, Ken Kazora, Todd Perkins, Michael G. Nastas. Thank you to Shelley Salant. Big thanks to JAV, uh, Interplanetary Music, Music of Sun Ra. Tomorrow, my friend Manos, who does a great show every Thursday morning. It's called Short Stack. You can hear almost anything on that show. And all my friends, my brothers and sisters, including the students at WCBN-FM, thank you for letting me be here and doing this for you. We want to do it for 51 more years. Once again, this will be our final piece. It'll be about seven-minute improv. No title. Once again, thanks to everybody. Thanks to James Ogan Fritz. It's nice to see him in California and here. And we'll close with this.
します。